Let's Go Green, sponsored by Airgrid, managing and operating Ireland's electricity grid for a cleaner energy future. Check out airgrid.ie for more. Hello, and you are very welcome to this week's episode here on Let's Go Green on Midlands 103. I'm your host, Ashling O'Rourke, and I hope you are safe and well as you tune into us this week. We had a wee bit of a break there with the bank holiday, so I hope you enjoyed the uh, festival for Bridget if you got up to um, one of the many activities that were taking place right around the country. And we have a very interesting show lined up for you today. We're going to turn to the European Union's just transition first things off. And this will be our second time discussing the Just Transition Fund in as many months, actually, as it happens here on the show. But today we're taking a look at the tourism side of things. And to talk to us more about this, we're joined by Paddy Matthews, who is head of Ireland's Hidden Heartland at Falcha Ireland. Paddy, you are very welcome to the programme. Delighted to be here, Ashley. Thanks. So, Paddy, what is the connection between the Just Transition Fund and tourism? We haven't heard much about that in the media. So it's it's a you know it's a relatively new development, as I understand it. Yeah, the um, the fund in total is about one hundred sixty nine million, um, made up between European funds and exchequer funds. So about half and half. Government put in half. Europe put in half. And 68 million of that has been identified for tourism development, because, as you know, the the purpose of the Just Transition Fund was to try and help diversify the regional economy in the Midlands and help to create new ways of creating jobs Mm. following the cessation of commercial peat harvesting by Borden Mona. So that will result in the loss of jobs. And the government then said, well, in Europe, uh, because this is actually happening in about I don't know, 20 or 30 different regions across Europe at the moment. And the transition from the use of fossil fuels to generate electricity to more renewable sources and to um, to keep fossil fuels in the ground, which is what we all should be should be doing. So this is about keeping uh, peat in the ground and using other uh, looking for other sources. But to enable that then and to make sure that the communities that would have depended on those jobs have a just transition to a lower carbon economy in the future. So the so the fund and the tourism element of it in particular is to look at how how can we develop new jobs in the Midlands for those communities um, and do so in a very environmentally friendly way because we don't want to you know to be adding uh, to the um, to the carbon emissions. So mm. the, the the type of tourism we're looking to develop here is one that's uh, what we call regenerative tourism, one one that has both positive impacts for communities and positive benefits for communities and positive benefits for nature. And for the environment as well, so it's a particular type of tourism, um, and uh, we're, we're we're really excited about the potential here for it with, within the Midlands, uh, within the eight counties that are part of the Just Transition Area. And Paddy, like I know, like over the years, we've seen you know go anywhere in the world to a hotel room, and you'll see maybe uh, please reuse your towels or some kind of signage about turning off the tap in the bathroom in the hotel room when you're not using it, or not to leave the shower running, or whatever it might be. But what is this? I, I'm assuming that regenerative tourism goes a bit further than those measures that we're used to. What might it look like from a consumer's perspective? 
Yeah, just to say first that that those measures, I mean, what we might call sustainable tourism, and, and you're right, regenerative tourism, it's a bit like sustainability plus. It tries to do a little bit more than than just do no harm. It tries to do actively, you know, a positive good um, as as well. But I, I think as a country, I mean, we, we, we haven't even reached sustainability yet. You know, okay. we're still, uh, so th- there are lots of hotels and lots of tourism businesses that have yet got a, a, quite a journey to go um, to become sustainable, and there's there's a, there's a big focus on that. And you mentioned hotels. You know, there's certification schemes like Green Hospitality Award um, and uh, and uh, Sustainable Tourism Ireland have, um, uh, have have an award as well. And there's lots of other initiatives that are aimed at hotels in particular be, uh, be becoming more sustainable because there's a target for those hotels now to reduce their carbon emissions by 45% by 2030. So there's, uh, and Ireland is developing a scheme at the moment uh, called a Climate Action Programme, uh, which is which is aimed at helping hotels reach that target. And we're, we're working very hard on that. But, but you're right, the regenerative tourism piece go, tries to go a little bit further. Uh, and particularly on the biodiversity side, it, it focuses very much on biodiversity and nature and says, well, you know, how can we develop a form of tourism here in the Midlands that will create jobs for local communities because that's a positive community benefit, but also um, result in net positive benefits for nature. And to be honest, we're kind of feeling our way along on this as well. Um, mm. We haven't quite done anything like this before. So this is new territory for, for us in Falch Ireland as well. And we're very excited about it, but we're also a little, I have to say, you know, a little, little, little apprehensive because we want to get it right. You know, we, we want to be able to, in four years time, look back on what we've done and where the money has gone and genuinely be able to say we made a positive impact, not only on communities, but on nature and biodiversity as well. Now, what, what that looks kind like of, is that yeah, what, what kind of what reaction have you been getting? Like, I'm just thinking, like, as I'm listening to you there, Paddy, like, I went for lunch. Now, I won't name the hotel because it won't be fair, but I went to lunch with family members in Kildare before Christmas. And it wasn't Christmas week. It wasn't the crazy time of year or anything like that. It was, but it was before in the season, put it that way. We went and we picked a location that was basically a halfway point between where we were all traveling from. Just for went in, the hotel had a cafe, which had been recommended to us. And we said, you know, we go there. It's supposed to be good and it's good. It got parking and it's handy. After we had a lovely lunch, service was excellent. We wanted teas and coffees afterwards. We couldn't get a cup of tea or coffee. It had to be in a takeaway cup. Yeah. And I was, I just, I was horrified. I was like, but we're in a hotel, right? Like, surely there's a cup somewhere in the building. No, no, no. We, we just do disposable cups. I was like, but have you not heard of climate change? Like, I was just flabbergasted. And I did. I was so flabbergasted now. Um, I did go up to the reception and complain because I just thought I just couldn't believe what the young person behind the till was saying to me. I genuinely was having a moment of going, ah, sure, he's only a child. He, he He's probably misheard. And then went to complain and was told, no, actually, that's how we operate here. So, like, I'm wondering... Like if you're saying that a lot of her, that we haven't even gotten the hotels in the majority, okay, and and I don't tariff any like everyone with the one brush, but if we've not gotten to sustainable yet in four years, getting to another phase that we're all trying to figure out what it actually looks like or or means, how achievable is that? Yeah, well, I, I suppose we 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 have a fund now, and and it's the projects that come in to avail the fund. Will, will be conditioned to um, be implemented in a certain way. So okay. having, it's, it, you know, having the, the 
power of the fund really, you know, means that we can make things happen in a certain way by 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 putting in conditions attached to a, to a, to a grant uh, to an offer of a, of a of a grant. So there's there's ways that we could do that. Now I'm 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 not surprised to hear of your experience, and and certainly that's uh, I'm 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 not surprised, but I am disappointed, you mm. know, that that there's still that sort of um, behavior there because I mean even from a cost point of view, you yeah. know. That's an additional cost on the hotel to to, mm-hmm. to have to buy in the cups, possibly dispose of the cups as well. And um, apparently, and, those and cups are becoming more and more expensive as well at exactly. the moment. You know, so exactly. it's not even they're just paying the for them; they're paying extra now. Yeah, we're we're looking to the likes of Killarney, that is the first town in Ireland now that have has implemented the um a, a dispose a, a getting rid of disposable coffee cups in all of its coffee outlets. And we'd love to see. I personally, I'd love to see Mullingarby in the second town. Uh, I know awfully. Well, now Tullamore, to just, do it Tullamore, yeah. Tullamore. Now we we'll have to get maybe a bit of a competition going to see which one gets there first. Would be great. <laughs> competition. There's nothing like a bit of competition to to, to kind of accelerate behavioural change. So uh, I'd I'd love to see a bit of competition. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I'm personally I'm involved with the sustainable energy community in Mullingar, and they're they're doing some great work here as well. So we we'd love to see that happen. But putting my fortune hat, hat back on, uh, certainly you know that sort of. Um, you know that's that's got to change. That has absolutely yeah. got to change. Um, I was in Cork uh, this week as well, and UCC in their canteen have have banned single use coffee cups as well, which is great to see. But that just needs to accelerate an awful lot faster. Um, and uh, but but having the fund um, and being able to kind of attach conditions to grants means that we can we can. It's a form of incentive as well, you know. And it's it's sort of saying, well, if you want to do it and if you want the money, you've got to do it in a particular way. And okay. we we put conditions in place, and we have a very good guide uh, guideline on the um, website as well, on the Fall Charlotte website, on in the Just Transition section, which is which explains what regenerative tourism is all about, and gives some really really good examples of it from within Ireland and from the UK and from further afield as well. Uh, and we're saying, look, these are the types of projects that we want you to come in with, you know. So maybe give us an idea of those then, because I don't I think it's fair to say and I don't like to make an assumption here, but but I think it's fair to say most of us haven't heard of regenerative tourism before. So what might a project look like? Could you give us one of those examples? Sure. Um, there's 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 lots of them. I mean, one is that, you know, where you've got um, like any of our accommodation uh, projects. So there's so part of the fund uh, will allow for the development of low carbon accommodation. So we've insisted that any funds that we give out for accommodation development, the development and the operation of the uh, of the accommodation has to be zero carbon. And that's something that we're, we're again, we haven't done it before, um, but we've, we've got some examples of where that's happened elsewhere. Uh, now, with the, the type of accommodation development that we're talking about really is sort of small scale uh, cabins, glamping. Um, we're not talking hotel development because the amount of funding available for the accommodation is quite small. But we're hoping to kind of build out an accommodation base um, with, within, within the Midlands, within the Hidden Heartlands, part of Ireland's ancient east. And uh, uh, in doing so, uh, ensure that it's low carbon so that we're not looking to retrofit it in five years time or 10 years time we we build the the zero carbon in in the design of it and in the operation of it so that's an example and um, there's there's uh, there are examples as well of sort of you know um activity providers or visitor attractions 
um, that are based on um, nature, you know, and, 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 and I think tourism has a role to play in drawing people's attention to the wonderful nature and biodiversity that's around us as well. But to do so in a way that doesn't impact negatively on that biodiversity, but actually raises awareness of it while, while you know, um, people can come to see it in a very environmentally sustainable way. And, and a number of years ago, there was you know, an initiative like the Green Box in Leitrim and Cavan uh, and parts of Roscommon, which was exemplary in setting standards around ecotourism development. And that was a, that was a great initiative. And again, we're kind of drawing examples from the likes of that. And in, for people uh, who haven't heard seven. of, sorry, Paddy, but for people who haven't heard of the Green Box, what was the Green Box? It was um, it, it, again. It was a European funded, part European funded uh, cross border um, initiative trying to set standards for ecotourism development. And ecotourism was very like regenerative tourism. I mean, like these are all, to be honest, they're all sort of the latest buzzwords, but they all mean yeah. the same really. And it's looking for positive outcomes uh, for for nature and trying to really minimise the impact that tourism has. Um, on the environment and that's really what it's about so it was it was sort of nature-based tourism bringing people into natural areas um but doing so in a way that was that was was a very light footprint you know and uh didn't um didn't didn't damage what they were coming to see you know and um that was that was a very good initiative obviously the funding ran out for it uh, at, at the time but a lot of those businesses are still operating and up around Leitrim there's a real cluster of of um of of great visitor experiences up there that that are based on ecotourism principles and regenerative tourism is pretty much the same thing really you know and um, it's it's just the latest sustainability buzzword really but but we're trying to um you know identify the principles behind it and to implement the just transition uh, program in um with those principles in mind and 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 in a very environmentally sustainable way um I hope we get there you know it's going yeah. to be it's going to be an interesting few years because we've we're, we're seeing huge interest in the fund. I mean, there's there's a lot of businesses out there that want to uh, take the opportunity of the fund to try and create new jobs, and uh, and an awful lot of them are really taking to heart those regenerative tourism principles, and they're beginning to say already, yeah, this is the way that we need to go in the Midlands. Because even from a, a tourism perspective, we need to distinguish ourselves. You know, it's a busy marketplace, and we need to kind of set ourselves apart from what. Every, everywhere else is doing and, and I think there's so much biodiversity regeneration going on in the Midlands and, and, and because of what's happening in the peatlands I mean with the peatlands with the rehabilitation of the bogs going on and the peatland conservation action plan that's happening with Borden Mona it's probably the biggest nature conservation project happening in Europe at the moment and um, with with the rewetting of the bogs so that's a regeneration that's happening itself and we want to sort of align what's happening in tourism with that as well. Well, Paddy, if you don't mind, we might ask you to hold on and we're going to take a short break and we will be back with Paddy Matthews in a few moments' time. Let's Go Green, sponsored by Airgrid, managing and operating Ireland's electricity grid for a cleaner energy future. Check out airgrid.ie for more. You're listening to Let's Go Green here on Midlands 103 and we're joined this evening by Paddy Matthews, head of Ireland's Hidden Heartlands at Afalcha, Ireland. Now, Paddy, we've been discussing the EU's Just Transition Fund. It's not without its challenges, though, is it? Absolutely, yeah. And and that, that's a really interesting point, actually, because half the money, about 30 million of the 68 million, is going to go to Bordemona for greenway development. Um, we have this vision of sort of the Midlands Trail Network. But interestingly, and when you say that, you know, it's it, it, it's um, all the new infrastructure that has to go down, the greenways are going to be developed on the on the line of the old rail trails 
the, the Bordenham owner railways. So there's already ballast, um, you know, compacted stone underneath those railways at the moment. And we're simply going to what well, will happen there is that is that the rails will be lifted. There'll be there'll be kind of a, a resurfacing of of the top of it, and then the greenways will will go on that. Now, not on all of them, uh, because they've got they've got literally hundreds, if not thousands, of kilometres of rail track across the bogs at the moment, and uh, a lot of those bogs are going to be either in use used for renewable energy developments or for the PCAS scheme, which is the, the Peatland uh, Climate Action Plan, which is the rewetting and rehabilitation of the bogs to trap the carbon in. Um, but those that aren't used as part of those schemes, we're, we're looking at the opportunity of developing greenways on those former railways as well. And really, we, we see the greenways as being the connective tissue between towns and villages and places that people can visit, you know, and it's about bringing, you know, a little bit of lifeblood back into those towns and villages as well. We've seen the success of lots of greenways, like the Great Western Greenway in, in, in uh, North Mayo or the... Uh, the Waterford Greenway, mm. um, as well, that, that that all of which sort of connect little towns and villages and can and connect yeah com- communities. So we see a great opportunity there to um uh, to develop a, a Midlands um cycling network uh, using the old railways that Bordemona had, and part of the fund will go into that as well. So we there might be I'm, I'm not sure how much railway we get for the thirty million, but we hope to get quite a lot of it. I, I the greenways rather. This this is very much wishful thinking and me going back to my childhood on this question, but I'm going to ask you anyway, Paddy. Is there any chance of the bog trains coming back? Like I remember some of my best trips, particularly with my grandmother, would have been on, you know, you go out and you learn about like being coming from farming stock, but not growing up on the farm. It was yeah. a it was a big bugbear of hers. So every summer we were brought out on the bog to, to make sure we knew how to cut turf, you know, and to learn yeah. about it. Um, and she went well at the time. But it was a very educational experience to go out. And we did it for school tours or with groups of friends to be brought out onto the bog and to see what bog was and what the heather was and and the importance of it. But unfortunately, they all died away. Those services and that that piece of education died away. Is there any chance that that might come back? Because it seems to me that as part of this, education will be key. It absolutely will. You know, and what we see is, um, you know, with the, it, there could well be a bog railway coming back as well. I haven't seen it in the plans yet, but I know that, that the Velo Rail is something that's been developed at the moment by Bordenamona, which is uh, along some of the railway track, you'll get into a little uh, kind of cycle. Um, it's, it's hard to describe now. It's basically a small little uh, um, trolley kind of on the railways that, that that you cycle along, you know, so people people can do a sort of a loop of that down in, in, in Loch Bora that's been planned at the moment. But in addition to that, I mean, uh, I, I think the edu- I think the guided part of it and the educational part of it is crucial. And part of the fund will provide, fu- you know, it'll provide funding for anybody that wants to set up a business like that. So be it bike hire or uh, biodiversity walking route, uh, walking uh, tours or cycling tours, they're exactly the type of uh, new enterprises that we want to see developed and will be absolutely in line with the regenerative tourism ethos as well. So somebody looking who maybe already uh, um, hires bikes uh, in the Midlands or someone who wants to set up a business, this is this is the fun for them, you know, and, and I think that that education piece of it is absolutely crucial. And there are more and more visitors that are looking for that type of experience. You know, uh, more and more visitors are becoming a lot more discerning. They want to get away from just the top 10 attractions in Ireland. They want to get, you know, close to nature, into authentic communities as well and, and have a, a, a very 
you know, real experience, you know, and and one that that is, uh, you know, where, where they come away from the experience feeling that they've that they've learned something, that they've given something back. And I think that's going to become an increasing feature of tourism around the world over the over the coming decades as well, with the increasing awareness of of, of sustainability. If people are traveling, they want to they want to do so um, in a way where they feel that they've given something back as well. And that's part of the regenerative piece okay. as well, you know, that, that that visitors feel that, that that they've gotten something very positive out of it as well and, and given something back to those local communities and to biodiversity as well. Will any consideration be given in the, you know, the criteria for the projects like the ones that you've discussed with us to accessibility? Because it's, and we've discussed this here on the show, um, I just while I'm listening to you speak about, you know, the different cycling tracks and, and greenways and, and all of that, like like not everyone is able to cycle physically, you know, mobility issues. And it might not be what everybody wants to do either. So we'll like and it, I would like to think that we're in a, a stage now where we're thinking about being inclusive in terms of um, disability access to all facilities, including nature. Yeah, that's that, that's actually written into the scheme as well. So there are four different, um, the, 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 there's about 10 or 12 different aspects to the scheme, different categories and, and schemes and all the rest of it. But one of them um, for for both the local authorities schemes, because we're giving money to local authorities as well for projects they might have, and for private and community enterprises, there's a, there's a distinct accessibility fund as part of that. So it can be done either as part of a wider project or, or if, if a business wants to come into us, even a hotel and say, you know, I want to improve my, my accessibility into the hotel, there's funding specifically available for that as okay. well. Because we see this not only as, as a human right, you know, that, that, that people with, with um, issues around disability have a right to access the kind of experiences that everybody else has a right to access. We firmly believe that and that's been written into the scheme. But it's also a growing market as well from from a commercial perspective. Mm. Uh, there are more and more people that that, that have accessibility issues um, that uh, want to travel and, and want to have those experiences and destinations that do it properly and uh, talk about what they're doing as well are in- increasingly attractive to, 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 to that um, market as well. So um, th- there's a brilliant example of it down in uh, in Lakbura already where they've already uh, purchased a number of I can't remember the name of them now. They're, they're, they're sort of, uh, they're, they're, they're basically like rickshaws, you know, uh, that someone can cycle and then somebody who hasn't got the ability to cycle themselves can sit in the back and, uh, and kind of get around as well. So there's all sorts of little things like that that, that taken together, uh, we can really promote the Midlands as a very accessibility-friendly uh, place for visitors. Um, there's also the issue of changing places. You know, there's um, uh, changing places, which is, a sort of um, an adapted toilet for people that have additional uh, changing needs for adults in particular. Mm. Um, so there's, they're also eligible under the scheme as well. So there's a wide range of, 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 of accessibility type projects that, that are eligible under the scheme. And we want to see lots of that stuff coming in as well. Um, and unfortunately, we're sort of, you know, we're open because we don't develop anything ourselves as far as we are kind of reliant on, on other people to come to us with those projects. So we have the fund uh, we've kind of set the conditions around the fund and we're hoping now that the right projects actually come in and people have until the end of June to get an expression of interest in and then the end of the year to get their full application in. But the project then has to be finished by uh, the end of August 2026. So it's it's okay. a short enough time frame, really, you know, 
Um, but we we're, we're giving people plenty of time to think about the project they'd like to do, to come and talk to us as well. And, and as part of that conversation, we we've employed. Um, where we've given the local authorities, the eight local authorities funding as part of the Just Transition Fund to employ eight what we call tourism activators who are there to help people with their applications as well, to help them talk about their projects, to work out their projects, to, to get their ideas going as well. And we we think that that's a really positive thing. It's it's a, it, Again, we haven't done that kind of thing before. Um, and um, we, we're seeing that work as well. There's five of them in place at the moment. There are three of them yet to be... Uh, uh, appointed over over the over the coming uh, weeks, but the Westmead, Offaly, and Leash ones are all are, in place. Yeah, we um, should I say think, so. The tourism activators in the the people you can go to if you're listening to this and you want to put an application together, the yeah. people you can go to first off the tourism activator That's in right. Leash, Offaly, and Westmead County Councils are in place. So if you're if yes. you're listening to this and you think you know what, right, time to get ourselves in gear and put one of these applications together. They're the first people to go to for some information about, you know, advice. Yeah, and- they are. I, I, I'd, say, I'd say go to them. Also, just go to the uh, the, the first place to publish to the Fall Charna website because the okay. guidelines are there. So that will tell you what's eligible and what's not eligible, the kind of projects that we want to see come forward, the conditions that we're going to apply to projects, particularly around the regenerative side of things. Um, and uh, if you think you've got a project that fits that, then talk to your activator, get in touch with, with them immediately and say, look, I've, I've got a project, want to talk to you about it. They'll, their job is to talk to you about your project and um, to help you with your application form if you need it um, and just to make sure that, that you come in with the best chance of succeeding uh, with, with the fund, you know, and that you, you develop a, a, really, a really good project. So then your first deadline then is June for the expression of interest in applying for the funding. That's correct. Yeah, yeah. There's, um, there's, one, there's one element of the fund that has um, the deadline, I think, is is uh is actually the end of this month it's in a couple of days it's it's for, it's for the digital transformation um element of it now there there may well be another call coming uh for that later on but for the moment we're we're closing off applications in a couple of days time for for the digital transformation but so anybody who wants to do any improvements to their website okay uh, that's the um that, that that fund is closing in a couple of days but all the other aspects of the of the fund including the accessibility piece um, the the accommodation, the visitor attraction, uh, any activity provider out there that wants any sort of funding, um, that will be the end of June, 30th of June for an expression of interest. And then you've got till the end of the year, the, year, the 31st of December this year to get your application in. Now, having said that, it is a first come first serve basis. When the money's gone, the money's gone. So okay. we're, we've a, we have a big amount of interest at the moment. We're hoping to stay open till the end of the year. But if, if if we get a huge amount of, of applications in and we see we, we feel look, you know, um we've we've enough now by maybe September, it could be closed off earlier. But we don't really envisage that happening. It's kind of hard to predict at the moment because okay. we're we're seeing very good interest at the moment, but you're never sure how many of those are actually going to convert into into applications. You know, so people might come in with a great idea. But when they get into the process, they might say, look, it's not really for me I'm, I'm, or I don't. Or they, they, the enthusiasm goes off them or, or for whatever reason, you know, um, and they decide not to proceed with it. So we probably have to, you know, um, take in more projects maybe uh, and accept that there'll be some rate of attrition. You know, the projects will fall off along the way. Um, but but, but one, one of the crucial things that if, if we don't feel that a project can be finished by the end of August 2026, 
then we won't be able to fund it. So the, the applicants have to be able to demonstrate that the project can be fully wrapped up um, because Europe are very, very strict on that. It is a European fund. There's all sorts of conditions that that go with it that make it difficult for, for us as well as everybody else. And we try to simplify it as much as possible. But one of the very strict criteria that is that if the project isn't finished by, by the end of August 26, we won't be able to fund it because we can't fund anything after that fund, after that date, because that's the closing date that Europe has, uh, has set on the scheme. Well, Paddy Matthews, there is certainly plenty for uh, businesses and those in the tourism uh, sector to digest from that conversation there. And the, the first protocol, as you say, fall to Ireland website, but then after that, get in contact with your local tourism activator. Just phone up your local county council and ask them who yeah. the tourism activator is for your county. And if you're outside of Leash Offley Westmeath and you're in one of the counties where one hasn't been appointed yet, find out, you know, well, we know it's coming. So when is that person taking up the role so that you can call back, put it in the calendar and call back on that date? Um. There is, as I said, an awful lot to take into consideration. And as you said there, this is a first come, first served in terms of the, the quality of the application and then the money. And, you know, when it's gone, it, it's actually gone. We should remind listeners that this fund is for eight counties, not just here in Leash, Offaly and Westmead. Yeah. So there will be a lot of competition, I imagine. Yeah, and, 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 and the tourism part of it is only part of the fund. You know, they've got to, if they check out the... Um, the EMRA website, uh, Eastern, Midla um, Eastern Midlands Regional Assembly, EMRA uh, website, uh, just, just Google EMRA. Yeah. There are de there's details about the other funds that are there as well. There's there's uh, nature conservation, um, agriculture, uh, enterprise, um, transport. There's a whole lot of other funds as well that makes up the, the, whole, the full 169 million. The tourism bit is just 68 million, so it's only a portion of it. Okay, well, Paddy Matthews, Head of Operations at Hidden Heartlands for Fault Ireland. Thank you very much for joining us on Let's Go Green here on Midlands 103. We'll be back after the break. Let's Go Green, sponsored by Airgrid, managing and operating Ireland's electricity grid for a cleaner energy future. Check out airgrid.ie for more. You're listening to Let's Go Green here on Midlands 103 and I hope you're enjoying our show so far this week. Well, you might remember a couple of weeks ago we had John Gibbons on talking about the government's brand new biodiversity action plan that was launched towards the end of January and that outlined what the government hopes to achieve within the next couple of years in terms of improving Ireland's biodiversity nationally because we even though we sell ourselves as a very green environmentally friendly country the reality is not that case and we all have a little bit of work to do and when the government launched this biodiversity action plan it triggered movement in each local authority area around the country and now each local authority will have to come up with their own biodiversity action plans. So we thought we'd pick one of the Midlands counties to talk to about this and about the process and um, because your view and your participation in this plan is going to be vital as members of the public. So we're joined now by Ricky Whelan and Ricky is the biodiversity officer at Offaly County Council. Welcome back to Let's Go Green, Ricky. Thanks, Ashley. Thanks for having me. So, Ricky, like, you know, we're going to be talking about you and your work and how you're approaching this in Offaly. But just so we're clear for listeners outside of Offaly, 
this is a piece of work that every local authority, every biodiversity officer is going to be have to do in, in the not too distant future. Absolutely. So I suppose my colleagues in, in Westmead and Roscommon and Leash, uh, they will be doing the same thing. Maybe not exactly the same in terms of uh, how often they will have public meetings and, and how, how often ads will go out in the papers and all that sort of stuff. But generally, the process will be the same. There will be a pre-draft consultation with the public, with stakeholders, um, with internally in the, in the various local authorities. And eventually, at the end of the process, will be the draft county biodiversity action plans. Um, and they will be the sort of roadmap for the biodiversity officer and the local authorities on what they're going to do in terms of biodiversity action in the next four to five years. Um, so almost uh, the biodiversity officers are, are almost writing their own um, job sort of description or, or work plan for, for five years. So yeah, absolutely. So basically everything I kind of say today um, will be could be applied across all counties essentially in the region uh, and within the, the where you're going to be broadcasting and, and everyone's going to be listening from. Yeah, so, okay. Yeah. Uh, just, just to say that because, you know, we're just picking out out awfully to as an example of the work that's going to go to, to go into all of this. So now I know this is a five year plan. It's and it's going to be a massive document when when it comes to fruition. But in a nutshell, what do you hope a biodiversity action plan for Offaly uh, will include or what might it look like just to give us you know where those of us that are uneducated yeah. in these kinds of documents, Ricky, and um, sure. might it look like? Yeah, so um, I suppose what essentially it's supposed to be is a strategic but working document which will outline and prioritise the objectives and targets um, for, for our work in biodiversity across the county by all sort of, um, by a, within collective action. So we're talking about uh, individuals, the local authority, uh, local groups, tidy towns, all that, encompass all that as much as we can and get those actions there. But for example, um, some stuff like um, that might, I would, I would, will definitely make the plan, if you like, some actions will, will include uh, the All-Ireland Pollinator Plan and making sure that's adopted across the county through the, you know, the everyday work of the local authorities, tidy towns, whoever basically can influence it and action it, even gardeners, everything. So now, the, the local authority has no remit over what you do in your garden or nor has it a remit over Bordemone or Quilcha but uh, we certainly we can we can tie in all those things in you know there's more than one way to skin mm-hmm. a cat as they say so uh, certainly the All-Iron Pollinator Plan will be will, will be included there invasive species is a huge thing a massive challenge and a threat to our our, 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 our native biodiversity and flora and fauna so that'll be there and how we tackle that uh, as as a county and as a region and, and nationally as well so the relevant and um, I suppose suppose appropriate actions should be included in that terms. I mean, even the likes of increasing tree cover, people like trees, they get very emotive about trees when they're being cut down and even ash dieback is upsetting people. And now uh, there's a new disease in um, after being introduced for alder, which is a really nice um, tree that grows in, in wetter areas as well. So trying to come in with a measure with stuff. So I, I expect people will come forward with all sorts of ideas and things. Um, nature-based solutions is becoming a big one. And um, I'm sure you will talk about it on your programming uh, you know how we how we adapt our our habitats to sort of uh, mitigate for for what's coming at us in terms of climate change, flooding, all those sort of stuff. So that'll definitely be tied in. That's that's I suppose what you call all the rage at the minute. But it's yeah. a brilliant solution as well. But um, it's not just a buzzword. It is a functioning sort of um, method of dealing with these things. Uh, and then definitely climate resilience. I mean, you, you spoke to John Gibbons on it. I mean, it's in all the plans we've got. We've got a local, uh, a county uh, climate action plan. See, uh, and you've probably spoken to my colleagues about that. And that's online for people to see. So there's a lot 
lots of biodiversity actions in that uh, already. And again, we're going to have to put in a lot of climate resilience um, you know, actions in, in ours as well and tie them in. So that's just kind of, I suppose, an example of the stuff that will absolutely uh, get there. Um, and I mean, if, if like we're going to, we're not, we're not even reinventing the wheel in a lot of senses. So like we're drawing from a lot of sources, for example, uh, the National Biodiversity Action Plan that was launched on the 25th of January, which you, you spoke to John Gibbons about. Um, and that's just, that's just one, one, one document that has lots of actions that, that have the local authority sort of set against them as the key partner if you like so if, if i just cherry pick those i already have a suite of actions if i, yeah. If I never okay if, yeah so does that make and sense like th this then this sounds like to put it really simply like a massive to-do list so then comes the question will there be any consequences if you do not tick off all of those items on apart from what we know is coming down the line climate wise but is there a carrot and stick involved in here from a government perspective for the local it's authorities yeah, it's it's non-statutory, so there's we're not going to be hauled into the European courts uh, for not doing what's there. But there's certainly there is a stick in that in the national plan, um, it's 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 all local authorities. Each local authority has until the end of 2026 to put uh, biodiversity action plans in place. So that that includes the local authorities. That'll include the Department of Ag, the Department of Education. All those they're expected to have their own plans individually by the end of 2026, and the national plan is very high level and strategic, but it talks a lot about uh, adopting new laws, about um, changing the current um, uh, legal framework around this. So I think within those couple of years, we will probably the 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 the, the stick will become a bit okay. bigger and um, for us. So in 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 terms of that, for sure. Okay, Ricky. Well, let's continue this conversation. We're going to take a short break, and we'll be back in a few moments' time here on Let's Go Green on Midlands One Hundred Three. Let's Go Green, sponsored by Airgrid, managing and operating Ireland's electricity grid for a cleaner energy future. Check out airgrid.ie for more. You're listening to Let's Go Green here on Midlands 103, and I hope you're enjoying our show so far this week. So we're joined now by Ricky Whelan, and Ricky is the Biodiversity Officer at Offaly County Council. Now, I know flooding, particularly down around the Shannon Callows and all of that, is such a huge concern here in the Midlands. And like... Even, you know, when we see new developments coming up and maybe trees being removed to allow construction to take place. But will there be like you and I'm just bringing this up because you mentioned about tree cover and we really have such little tree coverage um, mm -hmm. in, in the country that how can Offaly County Council through this plan bolster our tree cover? What what might you be able to do as part of this? Yeah, so I mean, this is the, the the biodiversity action plan. Isn't the first one? Um, the 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 previous heritage, Offaly heritage plans include biodiversity. The county uh, development plan includes measures for landscape and biodiversity, uh, and our our, our economic. Uh, uh, policies as well and the climate uh, policy and um, the climate action plan for the county all include stuff about tree cover and increasing it and it's national now and, and international um, policies. I suppose though Ricky like I think we're aware that there's policies yes but on a practical level like can Offaly County Council go out and just plant trees or do you know what I mean like on a what is this going to look like for members of the public? Yeah so absolutely so um Offaly County Council will be uh, increasing tree cover where they have lands, 
and where they affect so it could be on our road verges it could be on our roundabouts it could be in our parks uh, you know and and all those places so there's already a, a job of work in identifying those spaces that we have and own and are, are not used to the their full uh, i suppose potential and um, so that's definitely going to happen in terms of the likes of tidy towns community groups uh, that will certainly be encouraged i mean we've national tree week coming up and there are our environmental awareness officer will be um you know sending out information to local schools how they can avail of, of, of free trees from from Quilch and lots of other initiatives. We're already working with trees for the land uh, and, and getting new native trees in their hundreds out to uh, local tidy towns groups that have identified spaces in their their own towns and villages on, on how to get it up. So there are like there are there are ways and of of supporting it's not directly standing over people and making them plant trees, but even in our planning framework we we can put in um you know caveats or or, or planning um you know stipulations that when people remove trees they have to replace them with you know five more or when they remove hedges mm -hmm. they have to replace the hedge and uh, with native species and all that sort of stuff so hopefully i mean uh, you know we all know the term debt by a thousand cuts but but hopefully by collective action if we all do a little bit um through our schools through our communities through our tiny towns men's sheds the local authority uh, will get there you know but certainly there's a long way to go but in terms of tree cover i mean it's so bad at the moment and um, like the probably be quite quick gains in in many sense if we identify those spaces and last year um there was a papal notice or memo to the bishops of ireland about setting aside uh, 30 percent of, of parish land for for biodiversity i don't know if you remember that happening. Oh, okay. That's, yeah so there's it's about seizing on opportunities like that so like part one of my actions i already have sort of in my spreadsheet if you like is to to is to contact the bishops um and of and there's I think I think we're in six or seven um um sort of bishops uh what's the word territories or uh, whatever uh -huh, they're called uh -huh. I'm sorry I'm not I'm not familiar with the word but I mean and and hopefully I'll be having those positive conversations with them and see if we can get any movement in in, in that area so it should be low hanging fruit it should be pushing on an open door so uh, that's what I hope people will do and will embrace it and and and, and try get there collectively. It's a bit like uh, James Clear's book, Atomic Habits, comes to mind, which I absolutely love and recommend to everybody to read. But it's that 1%. If you can do 1% every day, you never know where you're going to be. Like, you know, it's, it's just like you say, it's just bit by bit. We, we need to tackle this. So and I'm very conscious of time, Ricky. So one of the key reasons uh, we're talking to you today is that you want the public to get involved in the plan. Now, the plan is and I chose the, the tree coverage as an issue, but it's much bigger than that. So what do you want members of the public to do? Well, I want people to share their ideas, um, their philosophies, their, their, their irks, whatever it is they want included on this. And the reason is because if they don't, I mean, everyone sees those election ads on it or registering for the election. If you don't have your say, someone else is speaking for you. So, and if, if you don't like what is produced uh, in a year's time, um, it's because you haven't uh, influenced it yourself. So do get in touch and don't expect that someone else has already said it. So I might even have mentioned increasing tree cover. Don't feel like the more, the more sort of, uh, it's like everything. If you don't say it, your elected representative when they knock the door they don't know that it's an issue in their community so tell me about trees tell me about flooding tell me about uh, whatever pollinators tell me and all that sort of stuff and if I get a lot of submissions about pollinators or about trees we know that's a strong action that needs to be addressed in the plan so that's a really good thing and also awfully people know they're and, and they're, they're, they've been born and bred here they know their locality best there's stuff that um, I could be around the place forever or all our colleagues but we won't know the, every little 
little corner of Shinron or Burr or Clara or wherever it is. So it's important that you point out sort of local sites as well that might not be sort of, you know, a, a protected SPA or an SAC or one of those, you know, sites. So do get in. Uh, so and it's pre-planned. So it's a blank canvas at the moment. So we're actually like we're in the pre-draft phase. So I've actually nothing on paper yet uh, formally. So people can get in touch then by 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 email to biodiversity at offlycountycouncil.ie or they can ring the council at switchboard direct. Um, and that's 05793468800. And literally look for me and by appointment, come in and have a chat with me for 10 or 15 minutes about what they want to see. And we can absolutely do that or or even yeah. right into into so I would take submissions in any form. And I shout them like, out the door at me, whatever. <laughs> well we'd hope people would put them in writing to you at least and not, <laughs> not expect you to, to take their dictations. Um but it is like the point that you make there is so important and particularly in this year of elections as well. Like if we don't communicate the problem, then it's not going to be ranked on your priority list. But if maybe a hundred communities from across the county say, do you know what, we're really concerned about tree cover or we want to participate in the pollinator plan or there's too much of our um, our land being taken up by roadways or whatever it might be. The more people that communicate that concern to, well, Ricky and his biodiversity colleagues across the Midlands, then the higher that that issue overall will get on your priority rankings. Hundred percent, and I mean, there is, there is, there is, there will be an action for everyone in terms of what they're into and what they do. Like, for example, uh, you, you, you're a broadcaster and uh, and uh, a science and environmental specialist. So you might write in and say, "Look, uh, I will suggest a proposed action might be to increase." biodiversity awareness through you know print and broadcast media over this sort of duration of this plan and then the action might be or the metric or you know the the it might be that you know one you know broadcast per quarter on let's go green or whatever or, you know to revisit where we are on, on things to update so you know there is there's something for there's definitely stuff in there that people should include across the board yeah and like ricky said just because somebody else said that they put a submission in on the same topic don't don't let them off the hook. Don't let the county council off the hook. Don't let the government off the hook. Put your submission in as well. Have your say so that, as Ricky quite eloquently say, no, so no one else is taking your voice. No one else is speaking on your behalf. Um, and that is really important. And it is w- the wonderful part of living in a democracy. So what we're looking for people to do is to, in your case, Ricky, to contact Offaly County Council and um, to, to ask to speak to you as the biodiversity officer. But also for anybody listening in another county outside of Offaly to get in contact with your local biodiversity officer, at your county or city council um, and ask what they're doing about their biodiversity action plan and how can you get involved in that process. And, you know, it, it it's just about really, Ricky, isn't it, just starting off the conversation? Yeah, no, it's 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 starting that conversation. It's teasing out the ideas. We will convene the biodiversity uh working group on on valentine's morning and they will be the ones that will steer uh, bringing all together all these ideas and getting it into a formal plan and and producing uh, this like working document this to-do list for the county and it's supposed to be a working document we don't want a gathering dust over the next five years and it will be annual reviews uh, and, and and to make sure we're keeping up with what we've promised we're going to do so it'll have to be resourced staff and and funding wise and everything else so um yeah so the more submissions the better the more pressure 
pressure and um, please um, yeah make my life hard and make the council's life hard that's what we are here for and that's what we're supposed to do well Ricky Whelan Biodiversity Officer at Offaly County Council thank you very much for joining us on Let's Go Green and please do people get involved and have your say in the biodiversity action plan for your area going forward well I'm afraid That's all we have time for on this week's episode of Let's Go Green. I hope you have a great week. And in the meantime, you can catch up on all the episodes of Let's Go Green on midlands103.com, Spotify or indeed Apple Podcasts. Have a great week and stay safe. Thanks for listening. Let's Go Green, sponsored by Airgrid, managing and operating Ireland's electricity grid for a cleaner energy future. Check out airgrid.ie for more.